Well, good evening, good evening. This is at Marcus with the CK Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G, and you're tuned in to another week of the DC TBD podcast slash broadcast slash whatever you want to call it <laughs> here at uh, the One Love Massive Headquarters across the street from the epic and legendary Howard Theater in Northwest Washington, D.C., the Shaw neighborhood. I am joined, as always, by the beautiful, classy, and ever-talented... <laughs> Michelle Bush. I love it. Hi, you know. everybody. Happy Pride, everyone. Happy pride pride just, everybody. just happened. And um, before we get into it, we can talk about Pride real fast. Talk about Pride. Pride was crazy, right? Pride was off the chain. I mean, okay, so in the last, in the last like, five years, Pride in D.C. has become, like, one of the most epic Prides nationwide. Like, I feel like it's, like, essence. Yeah. Because you need to book your ticket. Right. The next, you know, after you're leaving, yeah, you're at the, the ticket counter like, can I go ahead and book my ticket for next year? Yeah, and it's it's fantastic to see that kind of representation yeah. in uh, in America, and especially in Donald Trump's America. Honey, they were not thinking about P45. Not even, cl- not even close. No, nope, they yeah, like, so who? <laughs> yeah, so speaking of P45, I wanted to give uh. some folks a uh, rundown of what we're talking about this week. Ian Taranji from the Lucky So-and-Sos, who had a gig tonight. Lucky So-and-Sos out there playing big big gigs, you know, doing things. We love it. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be joining us uh he'll be soon. sliding in. Exactly. We'll be talking about uh Donald Trump and uh As usual. Kim Jong un's epic Little Rockets pew, pew. meeting this week. <laughs> and we're also gonna speak about the G seven. We're gonna speak about the uh the group of seven and Donald Trump's belief that, you know, the United States doesn't necessarily need to be a member of a multinational, you know, organization that attempts to, you know, maintain, you know, Ordering world peace. It's just so stupid. Can't play in the sandbox with others. Okay. Right. We're also going to talk about uh, corruption in the White House. What? And and collusion. 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 And we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> this in the nature of the uh, the New York Attorney General suing the Trump uh, Foundation what? for uh, eighty two million. It's a lucky so and so. Yeah, and Ian Taranji in the building as we started. Yeah, I I, I I delayed just so I wanted to make sure that you were in for all of this. Yes. Yes. Uh, as well, we're also going to be discussing immigration policy. As we have to. We Ian Taranji, I mean, th- one of the benefits of having Ian Taranji on the show is that he is a, a noted immigration attorney in the D.C. metropolitan area. So these things are all beneficial. And uh, we're going to talk about... about noted, but... Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you're, you, you do things, right? I do things. There you do go. Things. How's your gig tonight? Uh, very good. Gig last week was good. Yeah. Good. I was, uh, I apologize for my tardiness. God, just I right was in, right in, so smooth. Just right that. in. I was, uh, I was actually recording the Chunky Glasses podcast. Beautiful. We shout out to Kevin Hill. Shout out to Kevin Hill. And um, we were talking about the new Kamazi album, and I'm a Kamazi head. No, so yeah. it's, it's I was like, phenomenal. all right. Kevin's like, are you sure you can do this one and still make DC TV? I'm like, if I apply myself, <laughs> I can do, I can do, anything. can do anything. I can do anything. <laughs> yes. So, and also we're going to talk about uh, a recent spate of violence in the DC metropolitan area. No, we're going to talk about that. We have that. to talk yeah. about that so because, sure. okay, so like there's sure. a thing with, with violence in the area. Okay, so people still get murdered in Washington, D.C. Yes, they do. Like, yeah. like in, in numbers that would rival 1986. Oh, which is but who was that that said crime in D.C. is down? I mean, you know. Oh, that's right. She's running for office. Exactly. She's gonna win. She just needs. She she has to. She has to cross the the threshold that she needs to cross the hundred thousand votes. But we'll get to that when we get to it. But uh, we're gonna start by talking about Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un shaking hands in Singapore. Little rockets. Pew pew. This is the thing that should not be. This is the the epic happening that was not supposed to happen. And I'll turn to Ian to start. Well, I. First of all, I think that there's been a lot of pearl clutching about <laughs> Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un meeting. I, I'm I'm not one of those people who just thinks you know you, he's he's a terrible dictator. We shouldn't talk to him. This and that. Um, what I think is striking to me about the Singapore summit and Trump's warmth and friendliness with Kim Jong Un is that it's it's it stands in stark contrast to how he dealt with world leaders at the G7, <laughs> which is ostensibly... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on there it is. Look, wait. Chilling <laughs> <laughs> so in, so in, in my B-boy stance. Yeah. <laughs> which is ostensibly... The table by himself. Ostensibly, it is the, the group of nations who are our closest allies. They right. are the nations who share our sort of Western democratic values. It's, it's the, 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 the countries that have basically run the post-World War II global order and and Trump is really upsetting all of that 
you know, obviously his comments about Trudeau and Canada, but you know, also his they could burn in hell. Mm. But also his mm. is his stance towards Germany. I mean, there's talk about um, you know keeping German cars out of the American market as a Volkswagen driver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna mark myself down as not down for that. Um, and you know, but but it's it's you know when you think about the countries that we are aligning ourselves with, the Trump administration seems most comfortable around. He's comfortable around Vladimir Putin. Yes. He's comfortable around Kim Jong-un. Of course. He's comfortable around uh, Erdogan in Turkey. Yes. The Saudi royal family. Of course. Mm -hmm. Duterte of the Philippines, exactly. who is a, 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 uh, a dictator. Yes. And, and Benjamin Netanyahu, who is democratically elected, but it is a, a hard right-wing authoritarian version right. of Israel that we are seeing right now. Exactly. Uh, and that's who Trump is most... most comfortable with are those sort of authoritarian regimes, whereas the traditional Western democracies, France, Britain, Germany, Italy, Spain, Canada, <laughs> Mexico. Um, Anybody he, that had he, a good relationship with Obama. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have anything in common with these people because they, you know, a, a, in a democracy you have to operate within a set of norms that uh, he has no interest in pursuing, in maintaining, um, and it's it's um, it's a little bit it's a little bit jarring to watch on that meta level, but on the but on the the specific level of Trump and Kim meeting, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. I don't buy into this whole oh, you know, he he granted Kim Jong Un legitimacy. I mean. He, Kim was Jong already, he was already legitimate. Kim Jong-un has 60 nuclear warheads. He's <laughs> legit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, mean, I think that something else that's important about this whole situation is that, okay, not, and I, we're not going to say that Trump is, you know, like starting to figure things out. But Trump's starting to figure some things out. Wow. Yeah, being for sure. President. Is he connecting dots together? He's really, you no, know, he really is. With his big crayon? I mean, every president, I think, goes through that. Right, where you have this moment after you've been in office. He's been in office just over 500 days now, mm -hmm. so right. people need to be aware of that. Right. So after 500 days, he's starting to realize, okay. So Which is like a third of the way through his term. Right. He's like, these are my friends, mm -hmm. and these are people that really don't like me. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to also figure out the that, that what he's, he's starting to figure out what his election caused. Like he's starting to see the ripple effects of it because now he's actually getting out and traveling about the world mm. and actually sitting down and having long conversations with dictators. And the thing is, is that, and, and with, you know, like democratically elected leaders, people all over the world. The, the major issue that I find with this is that Trump is not a political negotiator. He's not somebody who's gonna sit at the table and have political conversations. What Trump is doing at the table, I feel like, is he's making value judgments on the humanity of world leaders. And yeah. he's looking for people that are willing to sit at the table and not blink. But clearly we saw that nobody was sitting at the table with him. Right, but they but they're all stare but the thing is that they're all staring at him worriedly as yeah. in what are you gonna do now? And yeah. he's and he's the kind of leader. But that's the problem we're ha we're having. That's that's what we're facing right now. Right. We're looking at him. What is he going to do next? What What's is he next? Right. We don't need for but those countries wants, to be looking at right, him. Right. What he, is he going to do next? But he wants to be surrounded by people who share his level of egotism when they sit at the table because he's a he's a he's a 1980s millionaire, mm, bankrupt millionaire. Like right. But but still in the in the in the the, the court of popular opinion, Donald Trump is a 1980s millionaire. Yeah. Not and just again, that, a New York millionaire. Yeah. New York Page millionaire. six. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's Every wanting. Day. So he wants to sit at the table and have people around him and create a phalanx around him of stone faced, grim minded, dictatorial leaders who will not blink. So who do you think is going to blink out of the out of the now G G seven? Who do you th who do They're you all think blinking. Blink? I think that yeah. the, I think that the real thing that you're going to see is that you're going to see Trump moving away from the G7 and creating this multinational force of leaders. It's a force because they're totalitarian, dictator, dictatorial type of leaders. A force of leadership where he's going to be able to put forth policy notion, global policy notions with a boot in the ass attached, to be perfectly frank. Hmm. And he's able to say, if you don't go along with these sanctions, 
my friend Kim Jong-un has nuclear warheads. He does not want to use them, but if you force him to use them, he will happily do so. So it, do we see a part two of the G7, like his own? You're saying, okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Now, absolutely. Wh- is this going to take us to war? No. I mean, it takes you up to war because war is used as a negotiation point. Mm-hmm. Because that's all this is. Again, it's the art of the deal. If people have to understand, he... I feel like Trump, uh, having having had this much time to be in the office, he's going back and he's looking through his rise and the things that like defined him as a business leader. Fox News must have written those yeah. cl- cliff notes. Right, and him. he's like, I can look at the art of the deal and I could say, okay, so I know that as the president, I can use war, the threat of war, the threat of you know the world's greatest military force as a negotiation tool to literally get people to kowtow to my crazy wingnut notions of what, you know, order looks like. Well, that's all we have. That's all we have right now. We have abandoned diplomacy. And 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 and, and respectfully to my esteemed colleagues here, I think will we go to war is, is the wrong question. We're at war in many different spots on, yeah. on, on the globe, in the globe. And, and we're there. Somalia. Some, Somalia, Yemen, no, which he referred to as Somalia, 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 <laughs> because of course he did. God, he's an idiot. <laughs> because of course he did. Yes, but I mean, there's look, there's Yemen. Right, we're working hand in glove with uh, the Saudi royal family. We've sold them m- many, many weapons and planes that, that they're using to bomb Yemen. Uh, back to the Stone Age. I mean, I think that that's one of the great underreported, along with what's going on in the West Bank, it's one of the great underreported uh, stories globally. Um, Even you know. on BBC. Yeah, and then, you know, Putin is involved in Syria, uh, along with Iran. Um, you know, I yeah. mean, is there something else about those, those, those battles that are, that's important? Um, it's the idea that Trump wants to create a notion of victory. I don't believe that he's running in 2020, but I believe that he wants to leave a legacy of success. For sure. At any cost. As any president would. Right. So the idea of aligning yourself with military, you know, battering rams that are beating lesser countries in, you know, battles makes sense. Who, Who will say that it was successful, though? The people that voted for him? He will. Right, he will, and his supporters will. They'll say, well, you know, he supported that, that, that Putin guy, and, and you see what he did? He, he, he's, you know, he pushed forth the, you know, the, the Russian Federation you know, into you know, you know, vast territories, and that's what we need to be doing. We need to be growing our, you know, like our, our, our national footprint. Duterte sure cleaned up that drug problem in the Philippines exactly. <laughs> by executing anybody suspected of even possession. Yeah. I, I read an article um, this week. I don't know if I... I I hit the share button because y'all know I love to share something real gotcha. quick. On I love to read stuff you guys share, <laughs> both <laughs> you guys. On Facebook. Yeah. But it was something about the the, the the DNC, and I don't know, was it, I, I know it wasn't fake news, um, that they have to find a Trump-esque candidate. No. Oh, yeah, I shared that. No. I shared that, yeah. Okay, so I did share. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That drives so me crazy. For, for the next election. They, okay. And so I'm like, you all have just, you're the biggest dummies since yeah. 2008. Hey. Because they okay, so no, every since nineteen eighty five, everybody <laughs> everybody is of the sense I believe that Trump's not running again. So they're like, if Trump's not running again, then we need to take the, the we need to take the temperature of his supporters because not not thinking okay, well we could find some other people who just don't vote, of which there are m- millions of people that don't vote in America yep. that you can actively source as like. A, a ready-made political mm-hmm. force that will happily vote, happily. Mm-hmm. But the Democratic Party is like, no, wait, wait. wait. We, we know these people who vote. Oh God. They're, 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 they're conservatives, but they're, embarrassing. they're not going to support Trump because Trump's not going to be there. So they're the people at play. And they're actually not the people at play because no. these, people, these people, like black people, who voted almost unilaterally for Barack Obama, mm-hmm. don't, didn't vote. In 2016, they just no, stopped. because like everybody went to sleep the Wednesday after the election. Right. But y'all want to stay woke. Right. It's like, okay, so we did our, 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 you know, our racial duty 
in voting for the black guy oh twice. Oh, God. But now it's like we're not going to vote again. Do not put that on a T-shirt. No, but I'll just say. I like, did my racial duty. Right, but I'm saying that's, that, that's literally <laughs> what happened. The, the data does not lie. No, the data does not lie. And I, you know, and I mean, this is. put that on the back of the T-shirt. <laughs> this is this is this is a point that I that I make a lot, um, and I don't just I, I, I don't just single out uh, black voters. I think Hispanic voters as well mm-hmm. did not come out in the numbers that they came out for Obama. Women, white women, did not come out white for women. Hillary Clinton. White women, white turned women, white women, mm. white women <laughs> did not come out for Hillary oh, Clinton white women. in the same numbers that they came out for Barack Obama. No. And, and, I, and 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 you know, I mean. Look, in an election that was functionally decided by about 60, 70,000 yeah. votes spread across three states. Of course. There's any number of fat and this is my, you know, I, 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 am, I am always of the opinion that complex systems defy simple explanations. And when you have, you know, 200 million or 150 million people, Americans voting, um, you know. That's you 182 million Americans who can still vote. Can who can still vote? Who can still vote? Who are possibly like, or, or part of that? Like that's that's the whole population. Or maybe two thirds of that. Yeah, can I actually think vote. I think it was like basically seventy million to sixty-five million. Yeah, seventy million. I was going to say was what like was, was, was yeah. kind of like what the what what the election was roughly. I'd have to Google it. Yeah, and they can. But uh, you know, black voters certainly did not come out in the same numbers that they did for Obama. Hispanic voters did not come out in the same num- numbers that they did for Obama. Women did not come out in the same numbers that they did for Obama. Uh, a lot of white working class folks, believe it or not. And, and, and I actually, back in 2008, when, when, when people were skeptical of it, I was like, you know, look, he, ha- he went downstate Illinois when he was running for Illinois Senate. You know, I mean, this was a guy who didn't just try to um, run up the tallies in, in Chicago. He went right. to Springfield. He went all over Illinois. And if you've ever been in Illinois outside of Chicago, it is a wasteland. Mm-hmm. And I say this as someone who grew up outside Chicago. The rest of the state is, uh, no offense to uh, you know, our, our, our listeners in Waukegan. Um, well, Waukegan I still consider as part of Chicago. Yeah, I was going to say, that's part like of Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. The, my, my, my prom date actually was from Waukegan. I had to go, <laughs> I had to go pick her up. I would <laughs> like to see those pictures. Uh, I actually don't have those. That's your mom's house. They're pretty epic, though, because I had a killer, and I mean killer mullet. Oh, I love it. Oh. I love it. I was it. class of 89, so I had... You had the mullet. I had the mullet. Oh, I heard the, did I see that on Facebook? There's like a mullet convention for of course. a... Or a that wouldn't surprise me. Banzo session? I don't know. Something. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So, I wanted to... I'm going to show you my I'm gonna show you my mullet pictures, Michelle. After I'm ready. Uh, yeah, after I'm ready. the show. After as, the show. As, I, as we're talking about hair this evening, <laughs> I was just wearing my lovely headpiece um, just to slick down the edges before I got on the air to look cute for y'all, and Marcus told me to keep it on. Because it looks great, and so I was like, yeah. And, and keep it gangster. Michelle always looks great. So. No, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about corruption in the White House. What? I mean, we've moved past collusion. Okay, so this is this is the, collusion, the first collusion, point. Collusion, collusion, Is we've moved past collusion, because I think that everybody's just fully aware that collusion exists. Yeah. So, and here's the thing. Again, like I, like I always say, the easiest way to not get convicted of a crime is to just readily admit in the court of public opinion <laughs> that you are guilty. Well, which we've done now with collusion every single day for 500 days. I would take a little bit of issue with that statement insofar as 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 this. I think in the court of public opinion, I think that going out and just admitting it and saying, what's the big deal? That's what he does. That's what he that's what he does. But the problem is this. But the problem is this, is that there is an a team of federal investigators and prosecutors. Uh, <laughs> I've been involved in federal DOJ investigations that have taken years, but this, but plural. Okay, but if this, I mind, is, uh, this is by no means, right. by no means do I feel like this investigation but has gone on far in, too long no, but in or my, that there's, 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 no, there, there, there's mind, been no fruits to it. The evidence is so obvious. This man has been nailed 37 different times with, like, obvious evidence. Like As an attorney, I tell you this. You make <laughs> the best case that you can. I, I think what they have is a story that they want to tell. This is what I tell they're my this is like this is what I tell my clients. This I'm is what I tell my clients how you win in the court of law, not in the court of public opinion, right. but in the court of law. Right. Is you have a compelling story to tell and you have evidence for every single little point in that I story. Mean, 
every point. I and that's what Mueller and his team yeah, are doing right at now. This, at this point, I feel like this is now more so about destroying the Republican Party's chances of, like, actually winning in 2020 than anything. Because the, the latest that they'll be able to, like, bring this to, to trial is when he's out of office. Would be at least probably like 2019, 2020-ish, so it would be in the middle of the election cycle. You'd have the, the, the sitting president on the stand. Law enforcement takes as long as law enforcement <laughs> takes. So, I insta mean so instead of driving him to, to the Capitol so he can catch the helicopter, they're just going to take him over no. to 1900 Massachusetts yeah, Avenue? <laughs> no, that's what I feel like. I feel like the, the latest. Southwest. They have enough. Oh, baby, that's southeast. Oh, southeast. I mean, I feel like they, they're, if they're slowly building this case, then the, the, the most logical time to, like, pull the trigger would be, well, that's not how. That's not how Mueller's thinking. I know. That's oh. not how a federal prosecutor thinks. So is he? So is, is he? Is he I'm thinking? No, I'm, like I'm like literally intrigued by this. So yeah. like, I'm asking you as a lawyer to like explain this so to me because I'm. I'm not. I, I, I gobsmacked I, by I, this. I am not a federal prosecutor. I have never been a federal prosecutor. And I think the people um, who are watching this probably need to like pay attention to this too because this is actually super important. Disclaimer. I, disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. I can. I can tell you this, and this is the one thing that 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 that, that gives me some some hope about this whole thing because you know there's a lot of thoughts like you know he's trying to get away with it is he going to get away with it is he going to get away with it and i always feel like there's a lot of noise and the only signal that matters is what's going on in the federal investigation federal investigators are not thinking they're not thinking about elections they're not thinking about what's when can i when can i drop information to 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 gain maximum leverage they are creating a compelling narrative, and they are going to back up every point in that narrative with evidence. When you see the indictment, and I think, and I do believe it will be an indictment. No, and absolutely. I, and, I, and I do believe that the president will be indicted. Um, 110%. When you see the indictment, it is going to read like a story, and, and then you're going to see all these different footnotes after every sentence. Right. And the footnotes are going to take you to, um, you know, uh, a statement of George Papadopoulos in his interview, um, sworn testimony of Paul Manafort. Uh, it's going to be, there's going to be evidence, uh, 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 12, 13, 15 email uh, between uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Paul Manafort, Jared, uh, uh, you know, Jared Kushner and, 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 you know, various Russians. Right. I mean, it, there is going to be a document or some testimony or some statement to back up every sentence. And that's the process that they're going through right now. They're, they're, they're combing through literally millions of pages of documents, millions of, of gigabytes of emails. They're going through the testimony that's been, that, that they've received from, from the people that they've interviewed so far. Uh, I believe that them talking to Trump is going to be less an an information gathering uh, exercise than it will be a a confirming exercise well, I think, I think and that's or the and or trapping exercise. Because I feel like if he recluses himself, which he's he's gonna he's threatened to do, in that in that in that questioning, the only thing he can do at that point is do the you know affirmative negative. Did this happen? But that doesn't work in in a court of law. That works in a court of public opinion. Right, but I feel you like you can convince like thirty two percent of the right. American public of virtually anything. Right, you can I convince thirty two percent of the American public that Barack Obama is a vampire who sleeps <laughs> during the day and only <laughs> wakes at night oh God, to suck the blood from small children. He's going to tweet that You could convince thirty percent right. no, of Americans like, of I that. But I feel like that's the only way that they could get Trump to sit down is if they, if he does a yes no. He doesn't know how to do a yes no. I mean, I, I think that somebody is. I think the only the only did way. Did you to not see that crap that he did? Of course. Last week. Yeah. Um, what day was that? When he when he said, "Oh, I'm thinking about parting uh, Ali." Ali. Muhammad Ali. He 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 he. <laughs> nobody supported him when he 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 didn't do good. You dummy. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so there's an. Can we can we just really quickly on that point? Yeah. Uh, just a total tangent about Muhammad no. Ali. One, obviously, there is no conviction for him to pardon Correct. because the Supreme Court unanimously overturned Muhammad Ali's conviction. Right. But the second point I want to make about Muhammad Ali, he loves Muhammad Ali. He hates Colin Kaepernick. Had Donald Trump been president in what was it, 1971, yeah, 72? 1971, yeah. 
he would have been motherfucking Muhammad Ali. Yes. As the exact same way of that course. he motherfucks NFL players yeah. who would take a knee for the national anthem. Yeah. yeah we so had to, we, fuck, we, fuck him about Muhammad Ali. So we, we had to talk about that. But that's, right what no. ta- that, that's what I'm talking about. You're talking about yes, no. He can't answer a yes, no. He can't do a yes, no. So literally, you're talking about a, a, a court hearing, and I'm hearing everything that, that you're saying and, and processing and understanding it. And so you finally do. You finally indict him. Right. You finally say, we're driving you to the courthouse. Yeah. You're going to have to go sit in this little padded cell for in, a little bit. In, yeah. so, in Southeast. In, yeah. so, in Southeast. 1900 Massachusetts right. Avenue. Right. Um, Why do you know that address? Because I used to work in the criminal justice system. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. That's it's where cool. D.C. jail is. <laughs> You've never been over there? No, I haven't. Oh, you should go over there. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful neighborhood. I don't have any oh, clients. I don't lovely. have any clients over there. Um, law office of Ian Taranji. If you have legal problems <laughs> in the District of Columbia, two zero two two eight six six four four nine. There it is. Oh, this episode but, um, is brought to you so by his law firm. So, in any event, um, 80, there's an eighty-two million dollar lawsuit mm. that's been levied against the uh, the the Trump Foundation. Yes. Uh, for a decade's work. Okay, this is this is the part that it had me. It came out what yesterday? Yeah, this is the part that had me. A decade's worth of crime. If a black man mm. <laughs> standing in front of the Howard Theater, <laughs> like like like, accidentally trips on the sidewalk, <laughs> he is immediately incarcerated for five to thirty years. He's got 20 to life. The Trump Foundation can commit numerous crimes. Shout out to everybody that's watching. And a <laughs> decade later, because it's cool. Well, it's not cool. I no, mean, but no, but it's cool to it's cool to you know like to to levy you know like lawsuits against the Trump family at this point. This is like a thing that we just do now for fun. It's just fun. But the, it, it, I, I, I think you need to look at the lawsuit not as the end in and of itself, okay. but as step one okay, of New York State's legal right. entanglement. And I want you to break. And I Trump. want you to break this down because yeah. I feel like there's okay. So this Trump documentary that's on Netflix. Netflix, by the way, is like like <laughs> YouTube for me. Like there's just we might as well get this uh, show sponsored I'll by I'll One I'll Love Massive and, uh, and, and Netflix. I'll and watch Netflix. Netflix for like twelve straight hours, and I'll just get caught up in like a like a hole. And because I, I mean, dig once out. you once you cut the cord, and it's just there, and yeah. you and you start searching and watching. Ooh, what's Ooh, this? Yeah. So that Trump documentary, you're talking about like how entangled Donald Trump was with the the the, the, the New York City government oh yeah yeah in the 80s and not just the trump university so i'm intrigued because you're you're a lawyer and you can answer these questions okay these are things i think about okay so you're a a a foundation that has clear ties to the government clear and obvious ties like numerous there's like funding there's like there's been like you know conversations there's there's a whole history there there's a long prolonged history and then to be able to say retroactively that you want to sue this foundation that you have connections with. How do you disentangle that to even make that like? How do you how do you disentangle that to get that to to court? I'm confused. <coughs> well, because I mean, that's the you thing that that's the thing that has me. I'm, it's you start weird. out you start you start out with with um, you know a a charity is a nonprofit organization, and as a nonprofit organization, it receives special tax benefits. Right. At the state level, at the federal level, and with those benefits come certain responsibilities, reporting, um, uh, uh, sort of like uh, um, uh, organizational management. You know, you've got to have very clear management. You've got to have a board. You've got to have uh, a pot of money that is not a slush fund for people's personal use, but that is is what? a pot of money, a pot of money, uh, some of which can be used <laughs> for administrative costs. You need to pay rent on your building. He uh, owns you need the to building. You know, so um, do you think the Trump Foundation is not paying rent? <laughs> I know they're not paying rent. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they're paying rent. I bet they're paying rent. No, I'm sure that, okay. So my I, bet I bet they're paying, I bet they're in Trump Tower and I bet they're paying rent. So here's my to issue. To Donald Trump. Yeah, so here's my issue with the Trump Foundation then, is that all of the things that you said, they are clearly, and I, I'm not not that I'm a lawyer, but I'm just a smart person. They're I illegal. Like believe they're 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 in they're, they're criminal violations. They are clearly guilty. They are cr- and they're criminal violations. Everything you stated. They're criminal violations. So ask yourself this: Why is the New York 
attorney general suing them civilly right now. Right. Because it's a lower standard of proof. Um, get things better established. You can get into discovery and you can start subpoenaing documents, subpoenaing hard drives, um, maybe even raiding offices right. of the Trump Foundation. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, quite frankly, if Donald Trump is on the phone right now barking at somebody in, in Trump Tower saying, you know, fire up the shredder. Burn the files. Burn the files. Uh, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of like towering inferno that took place at Trump Tower where everything comes down. Oh, <laughs> like one yeah. Didn't one of the apartments? One of the apartments. One of the apartments did. Was that that was on fire. Probably. Maybe that. Maybe that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, that's what it was. Let's 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 spread conspiracy theories. That's what it was. I no believe these are system. these are criminal violations, and I do believe that there will be individuals, yes. plural, who will be criminally charged by the state of New York. Okay. And one of those individuals might well be President Donald J. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's so, again, it's another time where the sitting president of the United States has been, you know, sued and or, you know, like yeah. called to, you know, testify in a criminal You remember all those times when Barack Obama got sued and called to testify in criminal investigations into him? Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> it never happened. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I forgot. So, I, so forgot. I just, I. My I, bad. I, My I bad. I he got called to jury duty one yeah. time. <laughs> And he went. And yeah, he went. And he went. He said, this is my civic obligation. Right. The same as every other American citizen, and I'm proud to be here. Right. And so they were like, have a nice day. Trump would have been like, ah, my bone spurs. Oh, God. <laughs> so I want to ask the question then. Uh, it's like, you know, just to like tie this all together in a nice, nice little bow. Um, I want to ask about Rudy Giuliani. Uh, oh, Lord. Uncle Rudy. Because. Didn't I post? <laughs> like, Rudy. Okay, so Rudy's role oh, in all of this is fascinating. Because I feel like he's created this cartoonish sheen over a very serious wow. investigation. Yeah. Cartoonish that sheen. It is. That's what he does. I, and think, that, I think that's an apt description. And it's, it's Oh, I did post about him. And the <laughs> level the level of like terrifying brilliance of having someone whose job it is to make all of this seem entertaining. So that it's not in any way like 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 the actual like, you know, real gravity of the situation is lost on so many people because you have Grandpa Rudy yeah. on TV, you know. I think that's Rudy's role. I think that's Rudy's role in this drama is to sort of quell the Trump supporters who are getting nervous, like, wait a second. Wait a second. I seem to recall growing up not liking the Russians. Mm. Right. You know, and it's like, I like Donald Trump and I don't like Russia. But Trump likes Russia, and I'm they're trying to square that circle. Right. And I think Rudy's role is to go out and talk to those people and say, it's, it's okay, it's okay. It's, uh, there's nothing to see here. Right. These are a bunch of liberals who are, are, are just trying to make life hard for, for, our, for our dear leader. But uh, everything's good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And his whole, I think his role, his role is not to present the alternative case Right. That mo to, to what Mueller is going to present, because what Mueller is going to present, I believe, is going to be pretty ironclad. Right. If if my knowledge of federal prosecutors um, uh, uh, holds and then you take the fact that Mueller has not only federal prosecutors on his team, he has an A team of federal prosecutors. Right. He's got the best financial crimes guy. He's got the best counterintelligence guy. He's right. got the best money laundering guy on his team. Right. Um, so, so, so I believe that what he comes out with is going to be ironclad, and Rudy's job is going to be to present the 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 alternative vision to sort of quell the Trump supporters right. into into sticking with him. Right. Trump feels emboldened as long as he's got that thirty-two to thirty-five percent, and then he figures enough people are just socially conditioned to vote R instead of D. Yeah. That. You couple that with his 32 to 35 percent of hardcore, they're always going to be there for him. Um, and he feels like that's a winning coalition. The same way Barack Obama felt that young whites, young white liberals and minorities was his winning right. coalition. Trump feels like that's his winning coalition. Yep. And so Rudy's job is to keep those folks on the team. Yep. So speaking of that coalition to move on, um, let's talk about the fact that everybody in Northern Virginia is a member of MS-13. And they're all out to, you know, grab guns and to kill us in the forest. Yeah, yeah. Immigration is, like, 
actually an issue now. Like I and the frustrating part of it to me is that we've criminalized Latinos, especially, in the same way that we criminalized African Americans in prior. Mm-hmm. Almost lockstep one in the same. And yep. it's really frightening. So yep. I know this is your, you know, legal expertise. Well, it so is if you could talk about that, like right now, like yeah, where we're at, that would yeah. be important. Yeah, where we're at, and I definitely want to want to want to hear your guys' take. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, for cause, sure. Because the quote that literally came out not too long ago, but I'm gonna let you start. Yeah. That damn, Sarah Saunders. It's it's time for her to go. <laughs> well, Jesus. You know, I I I, I think. Like a lot of things in Trump's America, that you can, you get outraged at this thing. You get outraged at this thing. You get outraged at this thing, and it sometimes is you, you. You spend so much mental energy being outraged at one of these three things that you're you're missing the forest for the trees. And so, really quickly on 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 immigration, um, when people try to defend the Trump administration's stances on immigration from the charge of racism uh i feel like it's 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 not a very persuasive defense and i'll tell you why first the first question you need to ask if you're one of these people who thinks that 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 the trump administration is not acting in a racist manner with respect to immigration is why are they looking to restrict legal immigration who emigrates to this country legally hispanics right a lot of Africans, mm-hmm. yes. A lot of people from the Middle East, right. Not a lot of people from Norway. Mm-mm. Not a lot of people from France. Not a lot of people from Germany right. or Belgium or Spain or Italy. Yeah. A lot of people from Ethiopia, from Senegal, mm-hmm. from Honduras, right. El Salvador, from Syria, from El Salvador, from Guatemala. So you know that. That should be your clue right there when people start saying, well, you know, it's all it's all about respect for the law. It's not about being racist. It's about being racist. Right. It's about restricting the number of black and brown people who who can become U.S. citizens. That's I, I feel like that's a very important context for the, the, the things that we're going to discuss right now, because there's 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 so much about immigration law that people don't understand and and so much of media does a terrible job of covering it they try to they try to break it down into sound bites instead of kind of trusting the american people to understand the real complexities so there's two things one is and and, and we'll just talk about you know uh, hispanics from central america who are undocumented in america right. i and think that i think that's period to people who are yeah and 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 they, they kind of fall into two camps one is the the people who cross the border and then they're here Illegally, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the other thing is the people who come to the border and ask for asylum. They are not here illegally. illegally. If you are seeking asylum in the United States, you have a right to present your case to an immigration judge to either be granted asylum or be denied asylum. And if you're denied asylum, you know, and and you go through the appeals process, and and ultimately uh, it, it goes against you, which it does far more often than not, um, then, then, then you're deported. Uh, asylum grants in this country right now are at about 20%. That mm-hmm. means 80% of asylum seekers are being denied. I don't have the numbers to, to, to prove it. I think I've said this before. I don't have the numbers to prove it, but my, my intuition, based on what I see in immigration court every day, um, if you separated out Hispanic, uh, Hispanic folks from Central America, from El Salvador, from Honduras, from Guatemala, I think it's probably closer to 95% that are that are losing and 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 fair enough. I actually I actually think that Jeff Sessions made some points when he said that it's now going to be justice department policy that 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 domestic violence people suffering from domestic violence and people suffering from gang violence are no longer going to be um, able to to receive asylum. I think it's it's a horrible policy. It, it, it demonstrates a lack of humanity, but I also believe that asylum law is not really designed to address those problems. Asylum, the, the classic, this is what I explain to my clients, because I always try to be truthful to my clients and tell them, you know, look, you need to understand if you're going to pay all this money 
to me <laughs> to prepare your asylum case, you need to understand that it's more likely than not that you're going to be denied. And you need to think very seriously about, you know, I is this money better spent restarting my life in El Salvador? Right. After I get after I get removed. And you know, and I'm and I'm honest with, with, with folks about that. And the other thing that I tell them is that look, asylum law is not your classic asylum case is, you know, I'm I'm a member of political party X and political party Y mm -hmm. is, is in power and they're directing the police to round up people who are members of political party X and take them into that's dungeons a, and that's torture a big, them. That's a big Mexican issue, right? Like I know with a lot of like Mexican asylum seekers well, it's because I know that like there's a lot of for, cent for Central America too. I mean, yeah. I think that there's you know anyone seeking asylum from Mexico is probably uh, um, uh, seeking asylum on the basis of violence by cartels, right. or gangs in Central America. It's definitely gangs. Um, there's functionally a gang civil war that oh no. that that people are trying to escape. You know, because the same way that ISIS did in Syria and in northern Iraq, where you know, they go into uh, an area, a town, a village, whatever, and they basically say, you're our territory now, and we're going to protect you from those people, but you need to pay us. You need to, you know, your sons need to come and run drugs for us in the school. Your daughters, um, you know, if they're pretty enough, we're going to just take them, and they're going to be married to a gang member. Like, it's very ISIS-like what's going on in right. Central America. And in Central America, you actually have two gangs. You have rival gangs. You have MS-13 that everybody knows about, which actually began in the United States, right. did not begin in Central America. Um, but you also have the Mata 18, uh, which is and they're 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 competing gangs, and they have um, different territories. I mean, I have many clients who are like, you know, look, I lived in MS-13 territory, but my kid's school was in Mata 18, and I had to cross over every day. And every time I crossed over, you know, I had people harassing me and. and Telling me that they were gonna, they were gonna hurt me, they were gonna kill me, they were gonna rape me, they're gonna take my children, they're gonna kill my husband, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's a very real thing, and that's what these people are 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 fleeing. And so, while I can understand intellectually that asylum law is not a perfect fit with what's going on mm -hmm. in these countries, um, I'm someone who who believes in the spirit of the law. Who believes in first principles? Who believes in in human rights? Right, yeah. and that's first and, and foremost. And and, and and you know, I think that that we've got to be doing more for these people who are fleeing civil war. They're fleeing civil war. Right, and and this and and this whole discussion is not even touching on the 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 horror show that is separating children from their parents. <laughs> As they as they cross the border, I mean that is that is something. Look, I am I am I am a parent. I have I have I have four children. Um, I don't I don't have a favorite as as I think my son's back there. <laughs> hey son. <laughs> one, of, one of my hey sons brother. is back there. Lucky uh, son, so bass player. So you know, it, it, it for me as a parent to to even think about being separated from from my child. I have a four year old. I have a uh, a one year old, and right. and I mean to imagine being separated forcibly from either of them is it's it's a horror show it's a horror show and and what gets me the most about this situation and what really just just infuriates me is this is the United States government treating literally the most the most vulnerable people yeah. on planet earth and we don't have not only are we not extending a hand we are actively shitting on these people yeah. But so I wanted to bring up a point. Um, and by the way, there's also a, um, there's a huge, I, I hope it's a huge rally, but there's a rally going on at the Capitol uh, about about forced uh, family separations. Um, and so, you know, I I hope that we that there's that there's a good turnout. It's a gorgeous night here in the nation's yeah. capital. And, and there, the, there, everybody just kind of needs to come together. And I, I don't want to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. no and the anger means. is righteous. The anger is no, righteous. No, no, no. Bob means please continue. Please because continue. I, I, you know, I don't know if, if everybody kind of heard what, what was said. But, um, you know, somebody that I know and somebody that I, that I respect highly, uh, Eddie Glaude, who is uh, on MSNBC quite Princeton, a few Princeton times. Professor, I believe. Princeton professor. Um, if the Bible sanctions separating children from their parents, as Sessions and Saunders suggests, 
that I have no use for such a book. Yeah. And I thought that was just the most eloquent. Everything that he, that Eddie says is very eloquent. Yeah. Um, but and that right there just like summed up. And that's a great that's a great point because I feel, and a lot of people don't like to hear this. I feel about the Bible the same way I feel about the Constitution, which is great general principles. Right. But we in a modern society should not be shackled by the views, the mistakes of ancient civilizations. Right. Mm -hmm. The Bible was not dictated by God to St. Paul. Uh, the Bible was written by people. Right. right. Fallible human people who lived 3,000 years ago, who didn't understand and could not have conceived of a lot of the, 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 the modern things that we enjoy today. And and same with the, the the Constitution. The Constitution, as originally written, treated African Americans as three fifths of a person. So we cannot look to the Constitution as though it, it, it was, you know, yeah. the, the the tablets that were brought down from Mount Sinai. It's not that. I it's mean, not that. These the they're great general principles. It's of the joy of living of in a Christian nation, man. Uh, great general principles in the Constitution of of self government. Right. Of 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 the various freedoms uh, that we enjoy in this society that we, you know, that, 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 that people did fight and die for. Right. Um, but principles, yeah. you know, when we start sitting here saying, what did Thomas Jefferson, uh, what did Thomas Jefferson intend? You know, I don't give a shit what Thomas Jefferson intended. Right. Cause we know Thomas Jefferson, on the side. Thomas Jefferson owned slaves and yeah. was fucking slaves. I mean, let's just call it what Sally it is. Hemings. I've, I've sat and I've sat in Sally Hemings' cabin. It's a real thing. So I wanted to discuss something in regards to this issue. Um, thinking ahead, because I do that. I mean, it's a thing I, I do often. Mm -hmm. So it's the notion of American protection prote protectionism, and also the idea of American reindustrialization. If you don't want if you want to do reindustrialization, you need a workforce that is willing to invest, uh, willing to be part of mass commercialization. A new economy. A new economy. And which I don't think is industrial. But well, but but we're going to yeah. industrialize the Midwest. That's happening. Like we we we're, we're wiping out large scads of the country because we're going to put stuff there. Like that just to me makes logical sense. Like you get rid of people and you put things in. So there's the idea that you are going to replace Latin Americans with teenage white kids. African no with Africans. Robots. No with no robot robots, yes. Don't kick them. Oh god, I saw that thing today. Gosh. <laughs> if you look at my Facebook wall, this is an article about mm -hmm. people kicking robots is Everything, but in any event, uh, like the little <laughs> robots that ride across, ride, ride, ride down they the street, and they bring you your Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, so so they, but in all seriousness, um, Africans from places like Nigeria, Ghana, mm -hmm. uh, South Africa, even uh, Durban, places mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, also, you're looking at people from mainland China, who would be able to come in and reignite um, widget manufacturing for you know, digital technology, and re literally wholesale replacing the blue-collar, largely Latin American workforce upon which modern America is built. Yeah. It's a frightening notion to think about, but if you look at what the president is doing, like on a very, like, basic level, that's where we're headed. Blue-collar labor is going to be done by largely white people mm -hmm. who don't have jobs right now. They're literally, he's, he's, it looks like he's like waiting for the right moment to like transfer the jobs from the brown people to the white people and then bring in brown, bring in black people from Africa who will, who will come over here willfully. The one great thing that I'm, uh, not, not great, but terrifying thing that I expect Donald Trump to do is to allow for African immigration with an E to America mm -hmm. for industrial jobs. Mm. 
and in doing so, For industrial use only. And in, I'm and not in, sure that that's gonna happen. But and in I doing hear, so, I want to hear your. I want to hear your take. And in doing so, he's able to make the make the the argument because this is an argument that only this man, who's the president, can make. That he's doing something for black people. That black people, and also that other presidents were afraid to do. He can go all the way back throughout the annals of history and say, I'm a better president than George Washington. I'm a better president than Thomas Jefferson. Barack Obama. I'm a better president than Barack Hussein Obama because <laughs> I am bringing Africans who willfully want to come to America. Can you see him slipping up saying, yeah, yeah, I even brought his cousin over here. <laughs> no, I can, I can see him slipping up and saying, I brought inwards over here. Hello. Oh, boy. I mean, you know. So wow. here's 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 where I would my I would head hurts everybody. <laughs> here's where I, I would I take some, some issue. It's a it's a one to one. It's a one to one. My head. Here's hurts. where I would take some issue. It's mission. frightening. Yeah. I think um, two points. One, um, businesses. While I agree with you that 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 the business community writ large has sort of uh, uh, decided that unskilled labor should be delegated to the cheapest yes. labor source. Right. Um, I don't believe that they're going to import that labor. I believe that they're going to export the factories and the manufacturing. I don't believe that they're going to bring I, – I, I've always said that Africa is the next – the next everybody says Africa, Africa is, Africa's it the, is. Next, everybody the next everybody saying it the because like first the american jobs the american manufacturing jobs went to mexico and then mexican you started to see a mexican middle class rise you started to see them right. demanding better pay better conditions and so what happened those mexican jobs went to china would you and so now we're seeing, and, and, so and, and so then, then, then from China they go to Vietnam, then Thailand, and Indonesia, and eventually they're going to end real, up, I think, in, real, in, in Nigeria. Real, real talk. This is going to sound frightening, and every black person in the room, just prepare yourselves. Okay. Guard <coughs> your balls. Because it's coming. Um, how many white people in America would rather have a Nigerian neighbor mm. as opposed to an African-American neighbor? Honey. <laughs> This show is concluded. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, all for that's that's the guard that's the guard your balls moment. Damn. Because that's a real thing. Which one would you rather have? This is this is this is one where I'm I'm not going to speak on behalf. <laughs> of <white people>. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going you're not going to phone a, phone a black friend. I'm not going to phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not phoning. I'm so not phoning so any we have like so we have like five minutes left. We've gone a little long, but in any event, um, I wanted to quickly talk about. Uh, Violence in uh, D.C. I want to, you know, make sure that Michelle, you can speak speak to that because yeah. what's happening right now is frightening. frightening. Yeah. It's egregious. It's disgusting. It's frightening, and it's pissing me the hell off. Let's have a real moment right now. We were all born in Washington D.C. Yes, we were all born around same time in Washington D.C. Um, we grew up differently. I think we all know and have have seen how Washington has grown, um, how it's been forced to grow now. And I'm going to quote a, a Ward 8 um, friend of mine. And because I, I, I'm irritated. I woke up at 345 this morning because I'm having... Um, knee pain and I needed to ice my knee and I know we've we've got to wrap it up um, to wake up and and the news come on at four o'clock and to hear that there were five shootings within a three-hour period and in 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 the district it's not uncommon but I'm sick of hearing this shit and I'm sick of and I'm and I'm gonna quote Sakisha um, Y'all are pacifying and condoning this behavior. The communities are at a loss. The government is at a loss. Certain people are being muzzled. Certain positions are being um, eliminated. And it's emboldening police. You, you've, you've got a community that doesn't believe in the, pe the, the police and the police that are not believing in the community. We have a serious problem here in this city. And, and, the, and the shits and giggles that are coming from a lot of people, I'm, I'm sick of it. I, 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 there's, there's 
five shootings within three hours, and then the next commercial is vote for Mario Bowser on June 19th. And no, there, there, there's no sunny side to, to what is taking place right now. I don't see the council member, I don't see the mayor, I see a police chief that's being muzzled, and I see a community of generational problems. Who is going to step up and be the person to say, we have a serious problem, the lack of respect, the lack of understanding. This is not, we need better policing. No, we need more strategic planning on both sides. I have friends that are on the police force, I have friends that are Ward 8 residents, and I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I am tired of waking up, I'm tired of reading, I am tired of seeing my phone flashing, and there's another dead body. Everybody's saying, oh, oh, well, why did the police officer uh, 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 kill him? Why did that boy have a gun on him that was linked back to Pennsylvania? Why, why were you running? because he's scared, because he wasn't raised to understand that the cops are here for the good. Why are we taunting the police? But then why are the police taunting the community? We got broken homes, broken people, broken communities, broken education system, broken government system. When are we going to step up and come together and fix this damn problem? That's all I have. Yeah, um, thank you. That's important stuff. That's important. Yeah, um, because it is. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, no, no, it's I'm, all good. I'm, I'm, don't apologize. Don't apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, gonna, that yeah, needs to be said. Yeah, that no. needs to be said. Because, I mean, because people will, will will say, "Well, you don't understand. You don't know." I live in Trinidad, baby. I've stepped over bodies before. I ride that X2. I understand it. I'm, yeah, my mom was a doctor, and, and we may lived over here and everything. But my mother birthed half of this city. There's oh. a reason why her office was in Southeast DC. There's a reason why people, that, that any office, any doctor, any lawyer, any grocery store worker, anybody, we have lost the values of what this city means to us. When I go to the poll to early vote, y'all don't, you, you got two more days. Half of my votes, and I will say this live on air, half of my votes will be write-ins. Because I don't support this shit out there. Now, dump Trump, I do. Y'all don't forget to uh, vote for Molly. Yeah, so, vote um, for Molly. Vote for Molly. Something to say. Um, Charles County, Maryland is 20 miles away from Washington, D.C. I ain't moving there. I know you're not going to move there. We're going to keep you here. But a lot of these people that you're talking about, they're going to end up in Charles County, Maryland. And the Charles County, Charles County, Maryland is a board of commissioners. Um, Telling everybody who is dealing with this issue currently in that side of town, where I am from, people don't know that. I'm born in Ward Seven. Shock and surprise. I, I live in I live in Upper Northwest. I work I work on Connecticut <laughs> That's Avenue. Fine. We live, work, and worship. Yeah. In the city. Right, but I That's yeah right, I grew up in you, I grew up in Ward you Seven. You get a pass. So <laughs> in, pass. so, but I'll tell all my people that are over there. But I love DC. Yeah, I'll Absolutely. tell all my people that are over there. Like it's it's getting dire. And be afraid because they're you're going to be pushed out. You're pushed out, yeah. And when you're pushed out, again, Charles County, Maryland, which is 20 miles away, and it's run by a board of commissioners, and they don't play that thing that you're playing right now. No. Yeah. So they do not. It's a catch-22. It's a vicious catch-22. But um, on a positive note, to end out this week of this well, week's episode, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, to, to forget, um, no. because. And then we'll end on a positive. I'm okay. sorry. I no, just ha no, I, I, no, 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 I have no, to no, no, get it out. I have to finish this up. No, get it out. If you don't <laughs> get it out, I'll be mad. I'll be mad. So <laughs> because get it out. last week we dealt with, and I know you all both read my, my Facebook page. Um, last week we, we dealt with two suicides that were um, via people that, that, that we know, that we love. And we I thought think we knew. That we thought we knew. And I think you know the the Kate Spade suicide was was very hard, um, but then we wake up. We recorded the show Thursday, yeah. and we wake up Friday morning, and I could not get myself together. So I am going to say this as somebody who is suffering, and 
as I put on my Facebook page that I stand with those and I know who stands with me, please, if you need to reach out to somebody because you are not feeling so well, or if you're having a thought or something, an image is coming into your brain, stop and talk to somebody. Yes. And, and if I, you see somebody suffering. And if you see somebody suffering. If you want to come and if you want to come talk to us. Reach come, out. Come, come through. Come through. Come through. We're here. I know. Um, and yeah. now we'll end on a. Yeah. Uh, so, I had to get that out. So let's do this McLaughlin group style since we're almost off. Since we're running over. Uh, let's get a sentence about something that you dig this week and why it's important. Uh, it's not out yet and you cannot enjoy it yet. But uh, through the magic of music podcasting i was able to enjoy the new kamazi washington album it is a double album called it's amazing. heaven and earth <laughs> and it <laughs> is all the way live Ooh, it is like if you like the epic if you like the epic if you like the epic um you will love this album and if you don't like the epic i don't think you like music yeah Ooh. there it is kamazi so, uh, the new kamazi washington it should be out i think in a week or two and it is very, very good. Um, I'll, I'll talk about uh, Pose on FX. Damn it. Um, it's a show that <laughs> talks about Damn. Vogue and ballroom culture in New York City in 1986. I don't uh, get it's nothing it's for myself. It's literally, it's literally not a show for everybody. Like Normally you tell people, everybody go watch this show. But no, if Vogue and ballroom culture in 1986 is something that you absolutely positively need to reinvigorate your life, Yes. Given where we are right now in America, yes. this is the best show on television. And it is the best Spotify playlist. It's lit. <laughs> everything it is lit. Literally everything I'm about this. I'm looking it up. Okay, everything about this show is so comically lit. Like, they... They it's beautiful. <laughs> so if nobody could understand, this no, is all. Let's just let's this, just share this. This, one. this is also my favorite thing this let's week. Let's share this because one, we it's, didn't. It's really we that didn't good. Talk about it last week. It's really that good. The show is amazing. It's called Pose. Um, again, like he, uh, like Marcus said, it's in regards to the ballroom culture of of the kind of the mid '80s, right? Transgenderism, transgenderism, um, the AIDS, uh, HIV epidemic. Yes. Um, when cocaine. young cocaine, yes, definitely just fashion. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is, a character, is, on the is show. a character in the show. How does that happen? And it takes you off guard because you're like, wait a minute, do you just? <laughs> Yeah. Is that Donald Trump? It's like, yes, yes, it is. It is. And it is just beautiful and it's spiritual and it makes your heart warm. And then all of a sudden, they're going to drop the beat on a song and baby. <laughs> oh my God. You just want to take so your weird. hands so and battle yourself in I, the living room. I forgot how much I love Timex Social Club's rumors. Oh. Until I heard all it. These rumors until I heard it on the debut episode, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I am very pro disco. Yeah. Is it disco era? Or is no, it that's post, like post disco? Post disco. Champagne Soul. Champagne Soul. <laughs> that is going to be the. N yes. <laughs> That is Bring that back. That is the new T-shirt line. Champagne soul. Champagne soul. So in any event, yeah, Damn I think uh, we, we, we run long on time. Oh, but, uh, production. Yeah, sorry. thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in and being patient with us. Uh, this has been a wonderful episode. Uh, yeah, thanks, yet so. again, um, you can find me on all social media at, at Marcus with the C-K Dowling, D-O-W-L-I-N-G. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Ian? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at iTaranji. Um, the law office of Ian A. Taranji <laughs> is uh, available at 202-286-6449. Uh, also, Ian Taranji at Gmail. And uh, also, the Lucky So-and-Sos. We played a gig last Thursday. It was a really good gig. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not sure when the next gig is, but mm, it's yeah. coming around. A little, little hip-hop and jazz. We'll yeah. work that out. I am. And this one. This one. <laughs> this one. I am your girl, Michelle L. Bush. Girl. And that is uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, C-H-E-L-L-E-B of D.C. And, of course, Event Solutions D.C. on all Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Wonderful, get it. wonderful, wonderful. So thanks, everybody. Yeah, uh, great show, guys. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and thanks to our crew. Thank you, production. Thank you, yes. producers. Thank have you, Molly. We love you. Exactly. Massive. Have a good day and even better tomorrow. We'll Peace. see you soon. There it is.